Welcome to Eat Me, Drink Me. I'm Mariah. And I'm Maddie. We're two very different sisters bonding over a common interest in food with a drink in hand. Join us as we pick a topic, talk about its history, nutrition facts, pair it with a fun drink, and delicious recipes. Today's topic is going to be all about my favorite lemons. Everything's your favorite. Every episode you say is your favorite. <laughs> I like I like food, okay? Lemons but- is a staple. I think you can't go wrong with staples, such as, you know, garlic was a staple. You know, it's like... It's one of those things that you usually have in your house, even if it's absolutely lemon juice or fresh lemons or what have you on it. Yeah. In your case, some sort of lemony uh, alcohol? Yes. Um. So I went really simple with it. I just made a traditional lemon drop martini. Okay. Can't go wrong with the classics though. Yeah. I mean... When you think of lemon and you think of a cocktail, you you know, certain things have like a little bit of lemon juice in them, but I wanted something where lemon was the forefront, you know? You wanted a little bit of tartness in your drink. Absolutely. So uh, the, the recipe, there are quite a few recipes that you can find for these in different variations and whatever, but the base ones are pretty much the same. I chose the recipe that's on liquor.com. So this recipe calls for two ounces of vodka, one uh, ounce of lemon juice, freshly squeezed, of course, half an ounce of triple sec, and one ounce of simple syrup. So steps to make this, you're going to get a glass, uh, such as my pretty little glass that I got here. Oh, that is a full drink you got there. (laughs) it's not a huge glass um but you're gonna coat the rim of the cocktail glass with sugar and then you're going to in a shaker add the vodka triple sec lemon juice and simple syrup to a shaker with ice and just shake it until well chilled strain it and you're good to go yeah i enjoyed watching you shake that Um, (laughs) (laughs) i did record it so that we could post it on our uh, tiktok or instagram and um so do you use lemon, um, like the lemon before you squeeze it to also stick your sugar? Absolutely. Not, I ain't no fool. I'm just curious <laughs> how you work it. That's yeah. all. So, you know, simple recipe, really easy to make. I honestly already had all of these ingredients in my house. Um, so it's not a very, like, uh, what's the word? It's not like an exotic drink. You don't have to go buy anything new or special, but it's yeah, that's just fair. so good. And this recipe, not all recipes call for triple sec um, in addition to the simple syrup. So this one is a little bit on the sweeter side. Um, if you wanted it to be a little less sweet, you could, you know, follow a recipe that doesn't include that triple sec, but I really like triple sec. I like the um, added, you know, flavor profile that it adds as well. And I kind of like my drinks a little bit sweeter. Um, I really wanted to make limoncello for this. <laughs> really bad. Um, yeah, but you said that was a lengthy process, correct? Yes. So I'm going to walk you through that process anyway, because I'm still going to do it. I want to do it so bad. Um, homemade limoncello just sounds chef's kiss. So it's really simple as well. So what we're going to do is, this is going to be a big batch, but 
it's going to create about eight cups of limoncello for this recipe. Um, and this recipe I did get from recipesfromitaly.com. And it's their homemade limoncello recipe. Um, you're going to get. I'm sure it lasts for a little bit anyways, too. So absolutely. Um, so you're going to get eight big untreated organic lemons. Now, this is a very important step. I see that the fact that they're untreated organic in almost every single limoncello recipe. So the reason why this is so important is because they are going to be soaking for a long time. And it's the it's the rinds, it's the peel that is going to be soaking. So you want to make sure that you don't have any of those like pesticides or all that junk kind of, you know, or wax as we'll talk about. Yeah, exactly. So you just don't want any of that gunk in there. Um, so again, eight big untreated organic lemons. After that, you're going to get one liter or about four cups of pure alcohol. So this is going to be like ever clear or 100% proof of vodka, something like something that. Something that makes you stand back a little bit. <laughs> something that, you know, kind of gets in your nose and makes you do that little wiggle. Um, and then you're going to get three cups of granulated sugar and four cups of water after that. Oh, so that's all the ingredients. So after that, you are going to, um, get a peeler and finely peel the lemons and remove only the zest. Um, this recipe called, or recommends a ceramic blade, um, but you know, any peeler will do. And then you need a large glass jar, about a gallon size. Um, and you are going to, hold on, I'm missing it. Where is it? Stepping back, hold on. You're gonna first wash the lemons and then dry them. You don't wanna rub them too much because you wanna keep as many of those like oils and you know all that good stuff in there. Um, then you are going to peel the lemons with a ceramic potato peeler. You don't have, it doesn't have to be ceramic. Any potato peeler will do, but they recommend ceramic because it keeps the uh, lemons from browning, I guess. I did not know that. Um, you're gonna do just the zest. You're gonna make sure that you don't get the pith, um, I think is what it's called, like that white spongy part of it. You wanna make sure you don't get that. Just the very edge of the lemon for the zest. Um, then you are going to put all of the lemon zest from those eight lemons into that gallon sized jar that we talked about and then pour in the alcohol so the everclear the vodka whatever you choose you're going to let it infuse for two weeks just the lemons in the alcohol then um after two weeks you are going to oh sorry before that um, you're going to let it infuse, but you're going to make sure that you shake the jar every day to just make sure that you're keeping things kind of invigorated, but keep it in a, uh, kind of dark place. Uh, no, not in like direct sunlight. So after that, um, you're going to, uh, make a simple syrup, uh, with the water and the sugar. And once that's done and cooled, uh, you're going to filter out all of those lemon zest from the alcohol and add in that simple syrup instead. Once that is in there, you're going to mix it well and uh, transfer it to like some glass bottles or whatever and store those for an additional week. Okay. 
So it is that's quite a where process. The three yeah. So it's simple. It's just infusing the lemon zest in the alcohol, straining it, adding simple syrup to it. And, you know, then that's it. But it's the amount of time that it takes um, as far as like weeks that it has to be done. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense though. It, you know, it is like any alcohol, it takes time to make and and this is infusion. So you want to have every last bit of that oil come out of the zest there. Mm-hmm. So after that, it's done. Um, it is highly recommended that you put it into a freezer for at least like three hours before you drink it. And so, and always keep it in the freezer after that, because um, apparently in Italy, it is like required that it is ice cold. So ready to drink after that. I'm going to make some, I don't know what use I will have for it. I don't know how often I will drink it. You just it, can just drink it. I want it. I want Limoncello that. with a little bit of like seltzer or something. Yeah, like the good. one you're drinking. Yeah. I, I did find myself. Um, it's a non-alcoholic um, sparkling lemon beverage from uh, San Pellegrino uh, called Limonata. And it's got 16% lemon juice in it from concentrate. So, so it's it, tart. It's, oh, it's good. Um, I Does honestly. say non-alcoholic on there? No, I just said that oh. it was non Oh, because I made a cocktail. So you had to emphasize that yours was not a cocktail. <laughs> I was but, like, I didn't know Pel- like San Pellegrino made alcoholic things. Oh, That's no, why I was confused. It's actually pretty. Um, it's just water, sugar, lemon juice, lemon juice concentrate carbon dioxide and pectin so easy peasy easy peasy indeed so maddie why don't you go ahead and walk us through history of lemons i didn't okay never really so, thought about history of lemons before <laughs> it's not one of those things that you like really i mentioned about. last episode i kind of go down rabbit hole so i'm trying to make this one not as crazy but uh Lemons are crazy. Their origin is very, um, very unknown. Yeah. Um, so we're going to just start with, uh, the etymology of the word lemon, which is an ovate pale yellow citrus fruit. Um, most there's again, like most words there are many different variations. Um, and what we think of the word lemon is with an E. Um, a lot of these are L-I, um, and it's thought to be um, Persian, so limon, or L-I-M-U-N, um, or, you know, there is Italian, or there is Old French, um, which it's just basic limon with an I, how we normally spell lemon now without the, so... Um, that's actually how my San Pellegrino, uh, San Pellegrino is it's with an I as well. Um, so yeah, your can said limonada, right? Yeah. Um, so before we kind of get into where lemons are from and stuff like that, um, I'm just going to say they're usually handpicked. Um, they can't be, well, they are handpicked. They can't be machine harvested or picked, um, wet. Um, they're sorted, 
according to color, washed and coated with a fungicide to prevent stem end rotting, and then coated with a thin layer of wax for preservation. Uh, for preservation. I can't say that word. Preservation. Preservation. Okay, I'm gonna read that. Coated with a thin layer of wax for preservation. Um, preservation. Preservation. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Coated with a thin layer of wax for preservation um, and attractiveness. Um, and then they're cured, which is like the storing until they're ready for shipping. Um, sometimes, like a lot of fruit, they're picked green. Um, and then as they go, they're turned yellow. Um, either with chemicals or just the process of how um, long it takes to get there. Um, so the lemon is a um, species from a small evergreen tree in the flowering plant, a plant of uh, the rudishin, um, or they call them rue plants. Um, so like I said, the main origin of lemons is actually unknown, though it is suspected to be where the uh, root tree comes from, which is either North uh, East India, um, Northern Myanmar or China. So it's kind of all over there. Um, there was ish region though. Yeah. And so when you dive in and try to look a little bit more, you kind of get into like the DNA of all of it and all that good uh, stuff of citrus. Um, citron is the original form of where lemons come from. Um, according to lemons, diversity in relations with selected citrus genotypes as measured with nuclear genome markers. Yeah, it was a mouthful to uh, say I and don't read. understand what you just said. <laughs> it, 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 it's a title of a paper. Oh, I see. Um, True, true lemons derive from one common hybrid answer, uh, ancestor having um, diverged by mutation. Um, the original lemon was a hybrid between a male citron and a female sour orange. So oh. a lemon today is a hybrid of these plants. Um, Interesting. Do you know when that happened? that's where it kind of comes in because like it's fuzzy there mm -hmm. so like we know these trees came from this area but it, it's very it's kind of all over the place on where it um when it originated and then like we'll kind of get into that um so there are other hybrids also known as lemons um but those are like rough lemons. Uh, those are a cross between the cit a citron and a mandarin without the pomelo contribution found in true lemons. Are they sweeter? Um, rough lemons are actually about 90% rind, making them basically inedible. Oh. Um, they oh are used a lot of the time for rootstock um, transplants. So what we're going to just get into something a little different um there you what they do is take the roots of the tree and then graft a real lemon tree on top of it mm. so the roots of it are able to survive in 
cold places because there's an increased frost tolerance with those. Um, they and, do that with um, certain kinds of um, grape vines. Yeah, the rootstock, the um, they do a lot of that with different plants just to um, help promote, depending on where you want to grow or you know that like you can take like a sour, um, you can like say you want the sour base of a tree, but then you want it to grow regular um, non-sour fruit. It just kind of depends on what you're trying to do. Um, so all citrus fruits can trace their roots to, uh, the Southeast foothills of the Himalayas, according to DNA, uh, evidence. So the first citrus trees appeared about 8 million years ago before spreading across Whoa. the world. Yeah. So that's where it's kind of all over the place. Um, that's crazy. Like I said, a lot of them, like they found the modern citrus trees derived from um, a natural species found in the region that uh, includes, um, like I said, India, uh, specifically asthma, northern Myanmar, and western uh, UN, which is a southern Chinese province. So when like the climate changed and stuff like that and weaker monsoons and drier weather, plants spread out. Um, so that's where the conflicting stories of where lemons really came into the picture for human consumption started. I'm going to make this as simple as possible, that, <laughs> but there are quite a few, depending on where- we need a diagram. Yeah, well, depending on where <laughs> you're looking, there's a lot of different information. So the earliest accounts that I can find was there's the earliest botanical remains of the citron was identified in a Persian royal garden near Jerusalem and dated back to the 5th and 4th centuries BCE. Wow. So lemons were status symbols for uh, ancient Roman ruling class, according to a study which uh, found that they were the first fruits to arrive in the Mediterranean around the time of Jesus, who lived where present-day Israel was. Um, these researchers were from Tel Aviv University in Israel, and they studied a collection of ancient texts, arts, artifacts, and plant remains um, to kind of determine this. There was also a mural of a tree found in Pompeii um, in 76, or sorry, 79 BCE, which was when Pompeii erupted. Um, but there were no lemons found there until a box was found stored away in a Madrid museum donated a few centuries ago by a, the King of Naples to the King of Spain. It contained a pair of carbonized lemons from Pompeii. Um, I so actually, they found them in a different place, but they were able to trace their origins back to Pompeii, but they didn't find any lemons actually at Pompeii. Yeah. Um, I actually did post um, a picture of the mural that was found in Pompeii. Um, if you go to our shared folder, it just as pictures. Um, it's actually just kind of cool that they illustrated and it was in such great condition um, of what they found. Um, I don't they? Oh, what the heck? Hold on. Hold that's on. fine refreshing it's my fault for throwing pictures in there <laughs> why 
am I struggling? It shouldn't be this hard. Uh-oh. I got it now. Um, or I got to the drive now. Pictures. Sorry. So tell me what is it that I'm looking at? So it's the very first picture. Um, it is a mural that was found in Pompeii symbol like showing that they definitely lemons yeah they had lemon trees um really pretty so when you get to depending on where you look these other pictures cool i'm excited yeah um there was trying to figure out where you could actually figure out where lemons were really um prevalent in society and stuff it uh there was an account that said um they were introduced into um southern italy in 200 ce and had been cultivated in iraq and egypt by 700 ce it reached reached sicily before 1000 and um china between 760 and 1297 ce um arab traders okay, which i'm about ten- to sound really dumb ce at 80 Oh, okay. Yeah, it's common era versus after death. Ah, I like it. Yeah. So I don't know why I didn't know that. There's I think BC- maybe I knew that at some time, but okay. well, and that that's my fault. I was questioning whether I should have done AD because I know that's more um common. But- common. So you- I can I am. Um, so um Arab traders, which at the time were a majority of them were Muslim. Um distributed um, lemons widely in the Mediterranean region between 1000 and um, 1150 CE. Um, There is another account though, that said that they had been cultivated for more about, for more than 250, uh, sorry, 2,500 years. Um, Arab traders brought lemons to the Middle East and Africa sometime around 100 CE, and they were introduced to Southern Italy around 200 CE. So that's the one common thing that I had found. Everybody agrees that lemons showed up in Southern Italy in 200 CE. Okay. Um, so they we've got we got finally have a strong basis here. Yeah, it's just kind of where they were around the other times that is a little messy. Um, but there was that Silk Road going from you know India to um, like where Israel is now and stuff like that. So there was a lot of trade. So who knows if it's just certain people got them or whatnot. Um, and then they, it was believed that they were cultivated in Egypt and um, Samir and at the southern portion of Mesopotamia a few centuries later. Um, so it was further distributed through Europe by crusaders um, between which- As per the huge. Yeah. Um, and the crusader time frame was about 1095 to 1291 um and they were found um, growing in palestine so that's where the crusaders found them um the name lemon what we know of it now first appeared around 1350 to 1400 um from the middle english word lemon with an i when Christopher Columbus left Europe in 1492, 
he brought with him lemon seeds. He sailed the ocean blue. Why does he show up in every single episode of this podcast? He brought chocolate. He brought garlic. He brought pigs. He brought lemon seeds. He didn't bring frozen foods. So he did not bring frozen foods <laughs> uh, or gin. Maybe yeah. juniper berries. Did he show up in that one? I don't think so, but I think he did actually. But I think he had pumpkins. I think he was in that one also. Uh, he he brought pumpkins back, I believe. Ugh, he's everywhere. So. I don't believe it. Did he just have a whole ship just full of like the Noah's Ark of food? He just had two of literally everything. Like what? Maybe like he was trying to establish, you know, whatever he was trying to establish. Sure. Um, I think that they he's a catch-all. I yeah. think they just were like, how did it get from this place to this place? Christopher, Christopher Columbus, Columbus did it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, my guess. These seeds were planted in Hispaniola in 1493. And Spaniard explorers and missionaries planted lemons along with other fruits in Florida and California as they traveled along. Um, in 1494... The fruit was being cultivated in the Azores, which is part of Portugal, and shipped largely to England. Now, I'm going to kind of take a little twist now. You know what scurvy is, right? Lack of vitamin C. Yes, which the symptoms are... Common in pirates. Yeah, well, (laughs) sailors in general... Um, there was a deficient, uh, like the deficiency, in, um, allowed for weakness, feeling tired, sore arms, um, and legs and without treatment, decreased red blood cells, gum disease, changes to the hair and bleeding from the skin might occur. Um, as scurvy worsens wounds don't heal. You have personality changes. And then there's death from the infection or bleeding. Yikes. So in 19 or sorry, 1601, Captain James Lancaster, while sailing to Sumatra, landed on the northern coast of Madagascar, um, specifically to obtain lemons and oranges uh, to help his crew stop scurvy. This was something he found out from... um, just like local people that it was good and so he specifically stopped and tried it um he conducted an experiment on his four ships it's kind of messed up he gave one ship um ship's crew routine doses of lemon juice while his other three did not get any sort of treatment as a result the non-treated ships started to contract scurvy and many died um sounds so. very reminiscent of um some other experiments that have happened in history yeah well and then um he also oh my notes kind of got out of order he found that out because in 1579 a spanish fair a physician named Augustine Fan published a book while he was where he recommended oranges and lemons for scurvy. Um, so that was kind of already known remedy during oh, for the Spanish Navy. 
Now, fast forward to 1747, James Lind on board of HMS Salisbury um, had carried out one of the first controlled clinical trials recorded in medical science about scurvy. Um, and he found the same results that, you know, he also did some other things. There were other um, sources to get your vitamin C, but lemons was active in that. But it wasn't until the year of his death or the year after his death um, in 1795 that the Admiralty, which is the British government department responsible for the command of the Royal Navy, actually started using this advice for them as well. So, Weird. yeah, a lot of British um, ships died because, like, crewmen, because it was known other places, but it's whether or not people want to follow through. Why does history repeat itself? Like, it's same thing. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> no, that's a very good question. Um, so there are um accounts of different recipes that I found um, throughout this time as well. Um, the oldest that I could find is actually, there's a little picture of it on um, the picture section as well. It's at the very bottom though. Um, it's from Hannah Woolley's cookery book, The Queen-like Closet or Rich Cabinet. Um, stored with all manner of rare recipes for preserving, canning, and cookery. Um, it's very pleasant and beneficial to all indigenous people of the female sex from 1670. And mm. it was for lemon cakes, which you would assume are little cakes, but it was actually um, a type of candy. Ooh. So you. Oh, I'm interested. Cakes, yeah. candy. Mm. And there was like her little recipe that she had wrote out as well, which is take a half a pound of refined sugar, put it to two spoonfuls of rose water, as much as orange flower water, and as much of fair water, which is just basically clean water, and boil it to candy height. Then put it in a rind of a lemon, grated, and a little juice. Stir well on on the fire, and drop it on the plates or a sleek paper, and then you let it cool and do its thing, and you have little candies. You know what this really reminds me of? Um, I think it's just the fact that they poured it into like the rind of the lemon. But um, do you remember those like sherbet things that mom used to get us that were um, like lemon flavored sherbet? in a lemon rind and like frozen so you had like it was like half a lemon or they had like coconut flavor or not maybe not coconut but like um there were i don't know a bunch of different no i know you're talking about little dots orange flavored and it was like no no no, not dots they were like literally like you cut an orange in half and you hollow it out and then they put like orange sherbet in it or lemon sherbet or whatever and then it's like actually in the like lemon or orange or I feel like there was maybe a coconut one I probably am making that up um no it wasn't a coconut shell 
Yeah, it was like half a coconut shell and it was like coconut flavored sherbet on the inside. Do you? Yeah, no. Yeah, those were really good. It was a very long time ago. (laughs) But um, yeah, mom used to buy those for us. I don't know if you, I wonder if you could still get those. Sorry, kind of a tangent, but like the way that you said, like you pour all the good stuff into the lemon rind. I'm sure this was like a piece of lemon rind and you like coat it or something, the candies. Yeah. Well, it's like preserving lemons. There's a lot you can do with lemons. Um, So I just thought that was a kind of fun, like little recipe. Um, Cause it is kind of hard to find some old recipes like that. So I found one other recipe as well. I'm kind of going into the future here of where my timeline is, Um, but it's a lemon tart recipe um, that was written between 1770 and 1846 um and it's for a lemon tart so that's how long you know lemon tarts have been around for a really long time it's just actually finding people's recipes written down for them um so backtracking in time lemonade debut uh, debuted in paris on august 20th 1630 it was made of sparkling water lemon juice and honey and vendors sold it from tanks strapped to their backs sorry Um, can i interrupt you yeah um i found them i think this is like at least a version of it um (laughs) i was like okay do you say sorbet sherbet what it, I don't know what the difference is. Anyway, these ones are coconut. It looks like grapefruit, mango, and pomegranate. But the pomegranate looks like it's in a lemon rind. Yes, I do remember it. Um, and I think sherbet and sorbet are two different things. So are they? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm sharing my screen with you just so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. I don't know if these. Are, I don't think that these are the same ones um but they look they were very similar to that yeah yeah I mean I was trying to like um oh there was a pineapple one yeah this looks that's more the familiar. box mm-hmm. yeah this one is pineapple coconut mandarin orange and lemon yeah 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 yeah. it's this one I literally searched sherbet in orange peel Costco because <laughs> I vaguely cool. remember seeing them at Costco at some point and yeah, they're so good. So those Sorry. are sorbet, correct? Sorbet. Yeah. yeah, sorbet is just fruit and sugar, basically. What's sherbet? They have cream in it. So what's gelato? <laughs> that okay? We'll get into that whole another episode. <laughs> um, because that's a downward spiral of ice cream and types it of has nothing to do with lemon at this point. <laughs> no, but I they had a very good lemon one. So mm-hmm. I yeah, know what you're talking about. Favorite. Um, so, uh, Lemonade debuted in, um, Paris. saying debuted. Debuted? Debuted. Debuted. Okay. Lemonade debuted in Paris on August 20th, 1630. Um, it was made of sparkling water, lemon juice, and honey. Yeah. And that sounds it, good. Yeah. And vendors sold it from tanks strapped to their backs. 
Um, while it was popular across Europe, lemonade became so fashionable in Paris that in 1676, vendors incorporated and formed a union called the Compagne de Lemonards. Um, so I'm assuming it was just like a company to ensure the rights of the lemonade vendors. Okay. Um, okay. And the lemonade craze even helped Paris fend off the plague. The plague? Yeah, well, think about it. Lemon is really good for your immune system. There's vitamin C that's got the same kind of thing with um, scurvy. It fights diseases. Like how, how health, did you get into any of the health benefits of lemons or no? I do. Okay. That's why I was confused on why you asked about the plague. Cause I'm like, it's good for diseases and shit. What did I ask about the plague? Well, you said the plague. That's all. Okay. So I guess my question is sure. Lemon, lemons are good for your health. There's like a lot of things that they can help with, but how would lemonade really like conquer the plague that seems just like a little much you know what i mean it i seems think it like- might just because people are actually getting some vitamin c in their diet like there was this added just kind of boosting their immune system a little bit to kind of help fight against any sort of extra sickness yeah okay um what plague was it at that time the- it was a uh, black death okay that's what i thought so um i just feel like you know, in addition to garlic and the, in your beak thing, mask, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. They put garlic in those. Maybe mm-hmm. they should put lemon in there too. Cause that would smell a lot more pleasant than constant garlic. Um, well, cause, <laughs> okay. So up into the 1600s, lemons had been kind of rare and expensive fruits. Um, oh. And so even though they had been cultivated throughout Europe and Asia, um, it was just like few recipes really had emerged using lemons as an ingredient and citrus fruit was really not used often in England and France um, because of the cost and the notion of eating uh, raw lemons was harmful to people. So with um, the emergence- Do you know why? That I don't know. It might be just um maybe because they're so tart. It's like off-putting anyway. So it's like this must not be good for me, you know? Yeah. And like also I know that um the trees, like their thorns and stuff, oh. like there's like they obviously hurt, but like the additional, like nobody likes lemon juice and cuts and like all of that. And so like Ooh, I got you a lemon a- I got lemon juice in my cut when I was making my cocktail well and citrus trees when they cut you you usually get like an irritation with it oh it's got that extra like i don't want to say poison but it's got that extra like stuff that it's like yeah, yeah. it makes you like itchy and like just yeah i know what you mean yeah and so um i guess there was um like I, so with like that reemerge, like it kind of coming out, um, that during the Renaissance lemons had been, um, domesticated and bred enough and through trade became like organized enough that lemons became less expensive for people and were able to be imported in bulk and people were able to get their hands on it a little bit more, um, you know, 
Um, so and I guess those lemons that were then imported or exported or whatever, those are basically the lemons that we know today. At that point, they had already become that kind of hybrid. Is that right? Yeah. And there's okay. a lot of different kind of lemons as well, which we'll kind of get into. Um, but because you asked, I'm kind of, I kind of went down a little rabbit hole real quick. Um, I guess because also there were people, the popularity of lemonade in France, um, there became a lot of lemon peels and people didn't use them before. They just were in the garbage and in the gutter, basically anywhere you um, would find rats. Um, and so the combination of rats and lemon pills kind of became a stopper for the plague because lemon peels contain lemonine, which is a natural ingredient that kills flea larvae and adult fleas. Oh. So like the discarded lemon peels, the rats started eating and uh, like, you know, inadvertently started killing the fleas. So, which was like how the plague was jumping. Cause that was a good question. I was like, I didn't really think about why the lemonade. (laughs) I just thought the vitamin C, but it was because there was that craze of it. There was so much, um, excess lemon peels for the rats to eat huh um so in america um they were grown um in california and um and lemons were reportedly increasingly planted in northern eastern florida um in 1839 And because of heavy imports from Sicily, where a lot of um, lemons were coming from, because there's a lot of lemons as well in that area, like I said, they were growing um, everywhere. Um, Like I have a little excerpt from this book I have, and it's like in Italy, heading south from Naples along the coast of the Sartine um, Colensia um, to Amalfi. You see miles of terraced landscape, uh, land, the terraced hillsides with lemon groves all over. Um, and uh, I believe Sorrentine is where Limoncello is from. I might have that wrong. Hmm. Um, but so commercial culture in Florida and California began you know, producing more lemons um, in the area. And soon um, in 1870, uh, 1870, it grew to a point where 140,000 boxes were being shipped out of Florida alone. Um, Wow. The Florida industry was set back by a freeze in 1886. Um, there was also the susceptibility of lemon to scab, which is a scab is a serious disease for all lemon varieties on the coast. And the unfavorable climate uh, for curing the fruit. Um, so California kind of became a more um, prevalent area to grow in. 
Um, and then there was a, another freeze from 1894 to 1895 and commercial lemon culture was abandoned in Florida altogether. Um, they didn't start attempting to grow lemons again until the 1950s. Wow. Um, so in um, America, the lemons are now predominantly grown in California, is Florida. Is your cat on a rampage? Yeah, she is. I'm sorry. <laughs> it fell off. She then jumped back up and then get down. She's having some serious issues right now. Um, so <laughs> lemons were predominantly... <laughs> She's like walking behind my laptop, causing issues. Swear they're just powering through. (laughs) They don't want my attention until I start doing stuff. That's how Luca is too. I will be on a Zoom meeting. He will ignore me all day. I'll get on a Zoom meeting if I'm on the couch. He'll just put his chin right next to me and just go. (laughs) I'm like. I tried putting him away one time while I was on a Zoom meeting in my living room. I had to apologize to the person because he was just, he was in his kennel, but just going ape shit, like trying to break out, just like. Oh, I'm surprised you didn't hear like, before. Hell. Cora and Penelope were chasing each other around and it sounded like something was dragging itself across the floor for a while. Oh, I heard something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I almost asked you like three, four different times if something yep. was going they on. They had been running around in circles, just being assholes. So, <laughs> uh, well, okay. now lemons are predominantly grown in California, Florida, and Arizona. Um, like I said, Arizona and California have really good um, climates for um, for lemons because they have a like. Lemon tree? I don't, I would like to have one. Um, and I know I learned this from my gardening teacher. Don't just go to like Home Depot. Costco. If you're <laughs> cost, like you have to go somewhere that's like an actual nursery from where you are to make sure the plants you were getting are meant to grow here, especially with like the way they do the root stocks and different stuff like that. Like there mm. are trees that are meant to grow in your climate that's a good point you got you guys have that um you guys have that nursery oh yeah that you like um, going to that you always get dad gift cards to um mesquite valley grow growers yeah, they probably have lemon trees oh yeah they do yeah. um so and i the problem with just buying a lemon tree is you have to realize that it's going to be around for like 150 years. Holy shit. And they grow large. You can't just yeah place a tree somewhere and be like, oh, I didn't think about there was a power line there or, you know. Yeah, I had a, or, or no, wait, did I have a lemon tree? Yeah, I had a lemon. Well, it was like a weird cross hybrid thing. I think they were like, I don't know if it was too close to the orange tree or what, but they were kind of like lemon orange things. And then I had an orange tree and a grapefruit tree at my last house. 
And that's also another thing is they can cross pollinate and you just got to make sure what you're doing, you know what you're doing they before you just taste it good. Like, I mean, they were okay, but they were like not sour, not super sour at least. And they were really dry. Um, the oranges were amazing and great. And that tree was huge, but the lemon tree was gigantic also. And like certain and branches looked like, like, limes almost and then some look like lemons and some look like what the (laughs) it searched branch on wikipedia did you hear that (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah anyway that's a serious way of telling me that i need to shut up no but it's just like it's really crazy it almost it looked like it was like a hybrid on certain branches like certain branches consistently year after year would grow like a lemon lime and certain ones would be more of like a lemon orange it was well really there weird. are like over hundreds of wild hybrids of lemons like there are species why it just like there wasn't in that obviously it was bought like that or something and maybe that's the issue of buying something like that at like home depot or whatever but i don't know i'll have to yeah, ask and, well actually also where you lived that they did have a lot of different citrus trees up there. Yeah. Um, that's why Orange Grove was called Orange Grove because there were orange groves up there. Oh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> makes way too much sense, actually. Yeah. Never thought about that. I didn't mean, I didn't live on Orange Grove, but I live like kind of in that area. Near area. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the orange trees did amazing. And they, I mean, they had hundreds of oranges a year see yeah it just kind of depends and again your soil and other factors it really it can just also your fruit can mutate depending on what's around there um so as there was a lot of conflicting information as well on um who grows the most like lemon who exports the most lemons all this stuff um but according to atlasbig.com india is the world's leading lemon producer um with 2,978,000 tons yearly in production however i never would have thought of india as well and that's but that's technically around where they Originated. Yeah, where they originated, of course. Um, but according to another website, depend the exporter, and um, I believe this was 2020. It was also really hard to find up to date um, yeah. numbers on some stuff. 2020 but in is pretty. 20, yeah, close. there's one from like 2013 still. Um, Spain was one of the largest exporters of lemons and limes which is also kind of confusing because they combined both of them um but a Um, lot of places like italy produces a lot of lemons it's just they're not exporting as many and they need to make that limoncello baby um speaking of which limoncello um originated um from i believe it was in the 1900s 
There is kind of back and forth information on who created it. It was invented in Sicily, but it is one of the second most popular liqueurs in Italy. So you got to get your limoncello from Italy. Yeah. Um, Icy cold. Yes. So types of lemons. There are true lemon uh, variants of species, which is the citrus lemon. Um, this species contains dozens of established varieties. And like I said, it contains probably hundreds of wild hybrids. I know at one point there was like over 200 different kinds of lemons in the U.S. alone. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of all over the place. So when we think of lemons, we, what's sold in the grocery store is usually Lisbon lemon. Lisbon? Lisbon. Lisbon. Lesbian? L-I-S-B-O-N. Lisbon. Lisbon. Okay, that's right. Okay. So what we find in the grocery store are Lisbon um, lemons. They are one of the most popular varieties. Their native region is South Asia, but they're grown through all over the throughout the world. So there are other types of clones, right? You said, yeah, similar to bananas, like how they're going to be the same here as they are somewhere else, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now I didn't get into all the different kinds of lemons because that's just insane. But this wouldn't be our podcast if you didn't talk about Myers lemons. Are well, you going to talk about Myers lemons, please? We'll get to that last. Okay, good. So, so the Eureka lemons um, are made, they have less seeds and they're ideal for juicing. There Eureka. are the, yeah, Eureka. There's the bears, which are rich in oil. So for, you know, getting concentrates and or like um, lemon uh, essential oils and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. There is a pink variegate, which is a pink what? It's called variegated, pink oh, variegated. Never heard um, that the word. The skin of the lemon is rough and often green striped, um, and the flesh appears very similar to a grapefruit. Um, oh. The rest of the lemons I'm going to talk about are basically what you think of like a yellow one. I just thought that one was kind of cool. Um, now, I did put this picture as well for you. It's right under the Pompeii mural. They're called Buddha's hands. Those are crazy looking. They are so cool. They, you can use them as like, they're like little finger uh, lemons, basically. Yeah. Um, the fruit I don't know act- why it's called Buddha's hand. I mean, does Buddha have like 500 fingers? <laughs> I don't get it, but it's really cool looking. If I were to describe it, I would just I would describe it almost like if you thought of like a sunflower, but all kind of like grouped, you know, instead of going laying flat, kind of grouped together, it looks like a bunch of petals. Don't um, you think? Yeah, no, it does. Um, sorry, I was trying to figure out why they were called that. I mean, it's, they're bright yellow, just, they look exactly like regular lemon in the color, but they look more like a flower. 
Yeah, it's supposed to because they look like a hand kind of with their hands, their fingers like. Yeah, if you were to like put all of your fingers together, it kind of looks like that. But if you had like five hands, (laughs) they also, I don't know, in that picture, it almost looks like there's a pear or something next to it in the bath, like in the next basket. Are they huge? Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah. They look would, giant. They look like if I were to, you know, guess how many lemons were, you know, I'd say it's like at least a dozen lemons size. Like if you were to get a bag of 12 lemons, it's like that. Well, size. they make up to anywhere Which, from five to 20 um, fingers, as you would call them. Fingers. And each finger looks like it could probably be like maybe half of a lemon yeah um as far as like contents you know what i mean mass they're yeah they're quite large um compared to what you would think of a normal um lemon um so these are obviously kind of like different hybrids of them as well um the fruit itself acts as a symbol of happiness longevity and good fortune um, and it's usually given as a New Year's gift. Um, I'm assuming the Chinese New Year. Why didn't you get me one? I'm assuming the Chinese New Year. Oh. Um, that again? February? I'm gonna regret that. February 1st. Okay, I was right. Um, so Are you gonna get me one? <laughs> I'm going to now. I'll send you one. Um, there are Avon uh, lemons, which are primarily primarily used for concentrates, um, agen- just because of how much juice is in there. Um, so like anything, you kind of grow tree or the lemons based off what you're trying to use them for. Um, there's the Santa Santa Teresa, which is an Italian hybrid used for limoncello. Mm-hmm. So there is a specific um, lemon that they grow just for limoncello. Um, now we're going to get into Myers lemons. They are sweeter and more round, um, than the normal, uh, lesbon. <laughs> you made me do it. Lesbon. Yeah. Lesbon. Yeah. Whoa, what the? <laughs> See? Okay. Myers lemons Let's just are... call them lesbian lemons. It's fine. <laughs> so bad. Okay, Myers lemons are sweeter and more round than the les. Jesus Christ. Myers lemons, which are sweeter and more round than the Lisbon um, lemons. Um, Myers lemons are come from the citron as well, but they're crossed with a sweet orange versus a sour orange. Oh, that makes sense. And that's why they have that tinge of orangeness to them. Um, they're they're wonderful. You can like I can eat just a regular lemon, but Myers lemons are what you would think of if you're just trying to like snack on a lemon a little bit, and it, they're sweeter. Now tell the story. Oh, you mean where I had <laughs> to make? I got a um, bag full of Myers lemons, which is really awesome, and they're kind of expensive, so it was really great to work with them and I was making a cake for a gentleman who wanted it all to be 
made out of his Myers lemons because he grew them himself and I made it for him. And his complaint was it was not um, tangy and lemony enough. Which, so, as we know, Myers lemons are on the sweeter side. They're side. not as tart. So I may have got a bunch of regular lemons and added only a few of his Myers lemons for as his. As I next recall, cake. you made a regular lemon cake and then just garnished it with Myers lemons. <laughs> I did add. Um, and he I was did, like, this is perfect. I did add one or two regular Myers lemons juice to it as well. So I wasn't completely lying to the man. Um, <laughs> it was just. It took three tries. He did, was not happy with his cake until I just used regular lemons. So I don't That's know so if he never. And he gave you a new bag of Myers lemons every time. And he I was felt like, no, guilty for doing quite it. right. Here's another bag. Try again. And I, I don't know if he's just never had the Myers lemons by themselves or what. Well, I think he has, but when you taste them by themselves, there's at least a little bit of tanginess, whereas just the juice in a cake, you're going to kind of lose that. You know, it's going to be yeah, added with the sugar and all exactly. of that. You don't have the acidity that a normal lemon does. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're great in cooking. Um, I, and he was like, I, if I remember correctly, correct me if I'm wrong. He wasn't angry. He was just like, mm, not quite right. And he paid you for each cake. No, he was very kind. He paid you and, each time, right? Um, I, well, I, I believe at one point I was just like, just the lemons are fine. Like that is a good. Oh, you accepted just the bag of lemons as payment. I, I don't. I'm you very bad. You weren't gonna. Yeah, you weren't super. Uh. You weren't into like super selling them at that point. No, you know? and I I will admit that when it comes to I've made a lot of cakes for people and I do not charge anything that I should be charging people for my yeah. time, my effort, the product. at Christmas time, um, somebody uh, that has ordered a cake from you was talking about the cakes that he or or the thing that he ordered from you and how great it was and how awesome Aww. and how impressed he was at Christmas like just. A, you know, when, I don't know, whenever I was there for Christmas, um, that's awesome. And that was like five years ago, four years ago or something. And I, I enjoy doing it. I just felt guilty, um, slightly lying to the man about (laughs) cake. No, but you know, you used like all Myers lemon the first time, probably half and half the second time. And it still wasn't lemony enough. So you yeah. added just straight lemon pretty much the last time. They make time really good bit. candy lemons, though. They make really good candy lemons. I think that's what you did, right? You did something for the garnish with oh, yeah. lemons, like with candied lemons or something. Ugh, dang it. Now, I okay, for the listeners, I don't like cake. I'm not a cake fan. It's okay. I don't mind it. It's like, meh. Maddie's cakes make me like salivate when I think about them. You like the strawberry cake. They're so good. I don't even really like strawberries all that much. I don't really like strawberry ice cream, anything like that. I like your strawberry cake a lot. I will say I like your kind of more. Yeah, that might be why I'm not. I don't like sweet cakes. And I really like your cakes because I think maybe you. 
you just balance everything out. It's not like a sugar bomb. Yeah. And that's and they're uh, that's, lighter and just like, oh, well, I appreciate so, it. That dulce de leche cake. cake that you made. Oh, oh, I forgot I made you a, a dulce. Um, that was for Ryan's birthday years oh. ago. Oh my God. It was so good. Mm. Well, <laughs> now I know what I have to do when you're in town. Yeah. I'll make a couple cakes. Oh, um, God. No, wait. We have so many things that we have to make already the next time. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I'm almost done, and then you can go make yourself something sweet. <laughs> um, so lemons are, you know, there's a lot you can do with them. Um, you use them for their juice, um, which can also stop browning on fruits and potatoes if you squeeze a little lemon juice on top of them. Absolutely. Um, salad. Th- oh, yeah. Um, you know, you make, there's, you use a marinade, you do there's, there's so much to do with the juice itself. Um, the peel can be used to make a pectin, which we've discussed before, which is a thickener in cooking and baking. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah. And then the zest of it, um, you just have to avoid eating the pith, which is the white part, because that is what is bitter. Um, you want to stick to the very, very top of the, uh, lemon, same um, reason why you only include that in the limoncello is because you just don't want that extra bitterness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, like we said, um, the oil from the skin itself, um, there's a lot of different properties for that, a lot of different uses. Um, and you can even use the leaves. Um, people use the leaves mm. for tea or wrapping um, seafood or meat in. Um oh. You don't usually eat the leaves, but they're used to um, infuse the flavor of them. I didn't know that. Um, well, and it's one of those things that, like grape leaves, you don't really find those regularly in our grocery stores. Those are more into international grocery stores or specialty stores because um, us Americans don't really like to use everything. and try to you know get the best of all the like whatever it is and then waste the rest exactly and when there's so much more that you can do with it yep um so because we've discussed this a few times uh there are lemon festival festivals in general there is a lemon festival um which will be held um it's actually being held a little bit before this episode comes out through when this episode comes out, it will be February 12th to the 27th. Um, it's called Fit de Citron. Um, it is a carnival event organized by so, a tourist. What? Sorry. Continue. Uh, it's a carnival event organized by a tourist office um, in the city of Minton, France. And it's held Let's every... Go. Yeah, it's held every year at the end of winter. Um, it basically celebrates the annual production of specialty lemons and other citrus fruits in men. Um, so there's also one um, in California, uh, Goleta, California. It's just called Lemon Festival. Um, and that's held this year on September 24th and 5th. Mm. So, you know, people like to celebrate 
food and have vents for it, which I am all for. Um, Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to end up, we're going to end up finding a festival for pretty much every topic that we, that we, yeah, and I'm fine without them having a festival for uh, frozen food. But they do I have look a, it up, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they have a hall of fame for it. So <laughs> that's I think true. That's enough. <laughs> um, so my last little bit is just kind of random little tidbits, and um that's about it. Um during the reign of um King Louis the 14th, who reigned from 1643 to 1750. Um, he was the king of France. Uh, ladies used lemons to redden their lips. Mm, that's why my lips are red right now. Oh, you just rubbed all that lemon juice on it? Yeah. Um, and I am kind of curious if it was just like they had like cuts in their lips and they just inflamed them. Oh, or no. <laughs> what? They were just really chapped. <laughs> yeah, how that works. Um, and then this that was last that year's uh lip plumper exactly the natural lip plumper you know we got to go back to the basics guys just rub that lemon all over your lips yeah um in our lemons Jesus, i'm gonna kill you cat <laughs> um and our lemons especially in still life uh lemons are equaling uh they like are um they're what are seen as the bitterness of existence um and the lemon peel is the unfolding of earthly life because the pulp or the symbolic yeah the pulp of the insides is the like essence of who we are i don't know um and then just i think somebody just got a little bit too carried away in art history class yeah (laughs) and then um just two little fun little um i guess it would be I don't know, superstitions or just like weird little, um, I don't know, you you can tell me what they're called, Um, but a slice of lemon under someone's chair will make a friendship last. Ah. And lemon pie um, given to a spouse is supposed to strengthen their fidelity. So, you know, making them more loyal (laughs) and whatnot. Is it because lemon pies are just really delicious and it's like I don't you know, know if I feed them lemon pie they will never leave me that's a really good question I have no clue on why that is um like I don't know there is a lot that you can do with lemons I didn't really get into all that you can do like you can use them as household cleaners oh yeah um and stuff like that so I use mine um anytime I juice a lemon I stick it down the garbage disposal that is really great um, that way. And also, um, if you put it in a um, microwave, like the lemon oh, rind, yeah. just the mm-hmm. lemon rind of it, and you put some water in the bowl with the lemon rind and microwave it for about five minutes, it boils and steams, and it's supposed to help get all the stains off of your microwave. Yeah, release all the gunk. Yep. So, cool. you know, the acid helps a lot. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, good job. 
Thanks. On that note of the acid, is it a healthy thing for you besides <laughs> the vitamin C? Um, so like you mentioned, lemons are a really good source of vitamin C. Uh, one lemon provides about 31 milligrams, which is about 50% of your daily intake recommendations. Nice. Um, so really great. I mean, not that you're going to have a whole lemon a day, but depends on who you are. Yeah. I mean, I saw something on TikTok recently where somebody was like, you know what? I really love lemon water. So what I do is I juice a bunch of lemons and I squeeze or like I get all the lemon juice and just put them in ice cube trays so that when I wake up in the morning, I don't have to cut a lemon and juice it. I can just stick the frozen lemon juice cube in my water. And I'm like, genius. Thank Hmm. you, Kat Stickler. Uh, and yeah, so really great way to get some vitamin C, as you mentioned, um, which is also uh, really good for your heart, the vitamin C. So in addition to not getting scurvy, you know, about to be good for your heart. Um, the people aren't getting scurvy nowadays, but who knows? <laughs> I think it is definitely still possible, but only for people that have horrible diets. Um, so the fiber in the plant compounds in lemons uh, could also significantly lower some risk factors for heart disease. Um, next is that uh, all of these that I'm about to say are from healthline.com, but they are all evidence-backed, like study-backed. Um the reason why I preface that one is because this next one is that they can help control weight, um, which it's always kind of sad, like drink your lemon water and you'll have a skinny waist, you know, but uh, one common theory is that the the fiber in them expands your stomach and helps you feel full longer, the like pectin oh, and stuff that makes you that makes feel sense. a little bit fuller. Um, so... Do you think that's why waiters give you lemons in your water right off the bat? So you're not as well, they don't want you to be fuller. They want you to be. Oh, I guess that's true. (laughs) I'm stupid. Um, Another theory suggests that drinking hot water uh, with the lemon could help you lose weight. Um, Especially if you put a splash of um, bourbon or something in there for a hot toddy. I mean, yeah, that uh, sounds great. I don't know if it's going to help you control your weight, but <laughs> um, okay. So next thing is that it can help prevent kidney stones, which I didn't know this because I know whenever you have kidney, um, like if you, if you were to have a kidney transplant or you need to eat know, more lemons, I had some kidney issues. They tell you not to eat grapefruit. So I don't know what it is about grapefruit versus lemons. I really should look into that. I just was like, eh, I'm not a big grapefruit person anyway. Who cares? Um, but that's strange, especially because they are derived from the same kind of plant. Yes, but it's a grapefruit specifically, not lemons. So I don't know. We'll um, get into so... that on our grapefruit episode. <laughs> yeah, someday. Um, so kidney stones are, you know, just a crystallized lump of 
stuff waste product that just like builds up in your kidneys um they're really common but uh citric acid from the lemons can help prevent kidney stones from um because it'll increase your urine volume and the ph so it creates like a less favorable uh environment for those kidney stones to form i wonder if that's why i've never had kidney stones because i just eat so many like raw lemons with mm. like salitos and stuff maybe i mean i know i have kidney stones but they're so microscopic that it doesn't matter um but they told me it was because i drink so much iced tea <laughs> i don't drink any ice i don't really drink iced tea ever anymore but i used to be addicted to iced tea with sweet and low how gross is that i'm really grossed out but <laughs> That was like, I mean, I'm weird 10 years though. Ago. I don't like cold tea. I never drink it with ice. I would <laughs> like it would be like while I was at work, I would just have my cup of iced tea with one sweet and low in it, and drink that. Get a new cup of sweet and low. So nasty. Now, in hindsight, I have no idea. Anyway, obviously, uh, this next one is going to make it quite obvious that I need at least my 18 year old self needed to consume more lemons because it can also protect against anemia. Oh, um, so iron fishing art, iron deficiency anemia is like really common, but as you know, I had it so bad that I ended up in the hospital and they wanted to do a blood transfusion on me when I was 18. Yeah, um, you just need to incorporate lemons in your daily diet. I mean, mine was because I was a vegetarian and a very, very bad vegetarian. I just no, didn't I know. eat I'm just meat, but I didn't eat vegetables or anything good. Um, but lemons contain some iron, so they can kind of help against that. Um, they can also reduce your uh, risk of cancer. Um, so a healthy diet rich in fruits and vegetables can help prevent against some cancers and some studies have shown that citrus fruits can uh, do that as well. Uh, let's see. Next one is that it can pr- improve your digestive health. So lemons are made up of about 10% carbs and a lot of that is fiber. So that's really good. I'm just checking all these boxes like, yeah, I eat lemons all the time. So <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately the biggest, you know, benefit that they have is that vitamin C. Um, they have that soluble, soluble fiber, um, which means that the fiber breaks down. It's not like a solid, if that makes sense. Um, it dissolves in the water as opposed to just remaining like a solid uh, compound. But um, yeah, lots of health benefits. I know like the one downside of them are your teeth. Oh, they can break down the enamel on your teeth. On your teeth because of all the acid. Um, I do really quickly, not that this is like much, but I do want to go through the nutrition facts of it as well, not just the benefits. But um, so one lemon is going to have about 17 uh, calories. It's practically no fat. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much just carbs. It's five grams of carbs uh 1.5 grams of that is going to be sugar the rest is going or sorry not the rest but um 
five grams is going to be the total carbs. And then 1.5 grams is sugar. And 1.6 grams is going to be fiber. Like I said earlier, it has about 50% of your vitamin C uh, that you need. And it does have a tiny bit of calcium, iron, and magnesium as well. Awesome. So that makes sense though, on like, especially back, like on ships, just the benefits of having even just a little bit of them in there besides the scurvy, there's some added nutritional value to whatever they were eating back then. Yeah. So tell me, uh, what recipes did you make with lemons? had a really hard time choosing lemon recipes because there's so many many like I use like I said I use lemons there's in a lot of things lemon like lemon bars there's lemon pasta there's I mean you could just go on forever and so I will say it, there might be additional lemon recipes this week on when we get them posted on the website yeah um I um just was it yesterday made a really good lemon pasta I, I was like, what do I have in my house? I don't really have much. So I made um, a fettuccine with like a lemon parsley sauce Ooh, um, see. with chicken sausage and like uh, red, what are they called? Red pepper flakes. That sounds um, really good. Oh, it was so good. Well, oh, and that. Oh, artichoke hearts I also did. Oh, that sounds so good. It was really good. And I just made it like I didn't have a recipe or anything. I was just like, what do I have? I have a bunch of lemons because I'm making a lemon drop. (laughs) I've done that before and like add like either wine or a little bit of heavy cream. Like, oh, Mm. so good. Um, So yeah, there might be a little extra in there this week um, just because I do want to put a recipe of like preserved lemons on there um because those are great um yeah but just pick your top two favorites right now and then we'll post all the rest on the website what I did was um I might butcher the how you say this um we've talked about this uh shit how did you say it I'm I'm really bad at pronouncing it as well the avogamono or something like that avogamono um sauce it is used in greek cuisine it's so it's a so good egg lemon sauce um and it's really versatile um like you can make it and over just pouring it over meat you can add it like with fish um I had no and, idea are you gonna sorry are you gonna say how to make it because I yes need it <laughs> it's the soup is oh it's so, so good what I'm going to do is I have a recipe for um, just a traditional how to make the egg lemon sauce by itself. Um, and it's the most simple, like, Yay. sorry, my computer, the most simple recipe. Um, it is just two to three eggs, the juice of two to three lemons, depending on how lemony you want it and some broth what kind of broth um that's kind of up to you especially um if it's like a chicken soup or something you can use chicken broth and it'll be yeah 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 um so to start it you want to make sure that the eggs are room temperature um so they're not shocked or or like Mm. they curdle Mm. with the hot broth um 
You want your stock or your soup, whatever you're using, um, to be warm but not boiling hot. So when you're done cooking your stock or soup, you remove it from a pan and let it cool for about five, uh, remove the pan from the stove and let it cool for about five to 10 minutes or add a little bit of water to halt the boiling process up to you on how quick you need to do it. Um, you add enough broth to the egg mixture. Um, so you like kind of mix them up a little bit. Um, so the egg mixture is the same temperature as the broth um, mm. of the dish that you're preparing. Okay. Um, so egg whites are more likely to curdle as they tend to thicken up more quickly than the egg yolks. So just make sure you're whisking it really vigorously as you add your broth to it just to ensure that doesn't happen. And that's basically it. Wait, um, where's the lemon come in? Oh, did I not? That is a good question. This does hold on. <laughs> hold on. I'm like literally listening like so closely because, okay, Papulis in Tucson is the, I mean, I will never know how to say this correctly, but they have the best like avocado oh. soup in the world. So good. They just did not add this. I totally was just reading the recipe off of this website. Um, you add it with the eggs. That's why it's an egg mixture. <laughs> so oh, so you, it's egg and lemon juice. And yeah, that's so you, what you do add the eggs the, the broth and then to. Mm -hmm. got it. Okay. So should I redo that or no, no, no. Okay. I, it makes sense. Okay. So yeah, you got the eggs mixed with the lemon juice, you add your broth and you whisk it. Um, so as well on this website, they give a beginner like no fail version of it oh that's what um, i need <laughs> which they add a little bit of cornstarch to it oh so in the bowl you add lemon juice um a tablespoon of water add a teaspoon of cornstarch and mix that until it's dissolved mm -hmm. then you add the eggs to it and then you add your um broth in it as you're whisking so i believe that's just to ensure that there's a that it thickens up the way you oh, excuse me oh this so it thickens up the way you need to thicken it up mm, okay um so on top of that i'm also going to add a soup which is the avoglomono chicken soup with rice oh, so good. um so it will teach you how to make their version of the sauce as well um, for this, you're going to need four cups homemade chicken stock or stock that Just you buy. Stock. Yeah. Um, salt and pepper to your taste. Two cups of cooked white rice, still warm. Two large egg yolks. Um, a fourth a cup plus two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice. And then um, shredded rotisserie chicken, um, as well as one fourth cup of fresh dill. So you're going to see, yeah, and they add a little bit of dill to it. Hmm. Well, dill and lemon are really good together. Yeah. Um, so you season the stock with salt and pepper, bring it to a simmer. You transfer one cup of the stock to a blender. Um, you add one half cup of the rice, the egg yolks, and the lemon juice and puree it until it's smooth. 
And then you stir the puree into the simmering stock along with the chicken and the remaining portion of the rice. And you simmer until it's slightly thickened. Um, about 10 minutes, you stir in the dill and serve. Yum. So this is from the food and wine recipe um, or website that I got this recipe, but I'm sure there are so many out there. Um, and this one takes out the egg whites to ensure that you do not have any of that curdling. Which makes um, sense. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, the soups that I've had before, I feel like you don't really get that taste of, um, you know, the egg white. I feel like it's definitely more of just like the creaminess of the yolk. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so for the sweet side, we were talking about lemon curds before. I'm actually doing a school recipe that I had to do myself um, last semester. It is a lemon curd tart. Um, so there are a few steps to this. So I'm just gonna kind of explain how to make the lemon curd, um, not the rest, because I'll add like the shell and like, if you want to add meringue to it, because a lot of people we'll like to add- And we'll have the recipe posted also. Oh yeah, I have. Um, it's actually really nice because this one, I can just copy and paste from my files that I have. Um, it's from the on baking textbook. Um, so for the lemon curd, you have four ounces, uh, four fluid ounces of lemon juice, 6.5 ounces of granulated sugar, two teaspoons of uh, lemon zest, um, four eggs, which is about two and a half eggs, and then six ounces of unsalted butter uh, at room temp. So you combine the lemon juice, three ounces of the sugar and the zest in a non-reactive saucepan and bring it to a boil. Um, you then place the eggs and the remaining sugar into a non-reactive bowl and whisk well without um, aerating it. So you just want to make sure it's whisked, but without getting it super frothy. Yeah. Um, you then temper the egg mixture with one quarter of the boiling juice, which you have to, again, whisk to ensure that you are not curdling your eggs when you do this. Um, you add the remaining juice and return the mixture back to the saucepan. You bring the mixture to a boil while whisking vigorously as well. You continue stirring and boil for one minute and you remove from the heat and chill over an ice bath until your mixture reaches 120 degrees. You add your butter in five parts, beating it well with a spatula after each addition. So you want, you don't want to overwhelm it with the butter. You slowly put it in so it mixes. And then you use immediately to fill the pie or tart shell, or you can chill uh, over an ice bath and cover and refrigerate. Hmm. So um, sounds delicious. Sounds a little complicated, but it sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, and I will put a couple tips. <laughs> I will put a couple tips in there as well. Um, for like, because when it comes to lemon curd and stuff, because there is there is going to be a little bit of um, the eggs curdling just a tiny bit depending 
So what I did was um, before I poured it into, um, before I poured the butter in, um, after it got to that 120, I strained it and got out any little piece of egg mm. that was already in there because it, it's a hot mixture in eggs. <laughs> like It's going to happen at least a little. Yeah, especially if you've never done it before. And that was my first time actually doing it. Um, I was really surprised it worked out as well as it did. Um, but it turned out delicious. And after that, you just like once you pour it in your tart shell, you refrigerate it until the curd is firm, like for about an hour and you're good to go. Like awesome. Yeah. You'll so, have to make me that whenever I visit again. Yeah. Um, I'll actually send you a picture of my product. It was not the prettiest because saran wrap messed up my my um smooth surface after I had uh covered it and put it in the fridge. But I'm sure there's a technique to how to work that out a little bit better. But hey, none of us are professionals here. We're just eating and enjoying for ourselves that's literally the point of food oh yeah joy um and get nourishment yeah (laughs) um oh shit and I I didn't say this um I also got that recipe for the um not the recipe but I got the idea for the um sauce the avon avogamono yeah, go- yeah, I got the idea for the avogomono sauce from um, the thousand foods you need to eat before you die. Ooh, I didn't um, even know that was a book. Yeah, it's... Oh, wait, it's a- did you mention that in another episode? I'm not sure. It's a hefty... I have a lot of different books, but it's a hefty one. Um, and it actually tells you a place, um, a restaurant in Rome to get it for... It's in Rome, actually which I thought was interesting. Um, but it gives like a little description about it and whatnot. And they also recommend a lamb poured over lamb. Hmm. So, but, um, cool. Well, good job. Thanks. I, I hope it was not too rabbit holy and convoluted. Yeah. I mean, all of these things are going to be, you know, they're all going to have a complicated past. It's they've been around forever. So there's so much to include anyway. And it's such a versatile ingredient that it's just going to be. I mean, it's going to have hybrids in every way, shape or form. It's going to have five billion varieties. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And so it's just trying to pick out the best parts of everything. So, yeah, I'm jealous of your lemon drop martini. It's long gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm jealous of it too. I wish I had more. (laughs) Oh yeah, you're out of vodka. Yep, I used the rest of my vodka to make that. Um, Well, thank you all for joining us for another episode of Eat Me, Drink Me. And we'll feed you food next time on... Are we? (laughs) Are we just going to pass food through? We'll we'll feed you some food history next time. There we go. All right, well, we'll see you or talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Eat Me, Drink Me. 
If you like this podcast and would like to support us, please consider donating at patreon.com slash eat me, drink me podcast. You can find us on Instagram at eat me, drink me podcast on Twitter at eat me, drink me pod, or you can email us at eat me, drink me podcast at gmail.com.